The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> no, 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 no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> They'd get his... <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave! <laughs> Dave, Dave smells like nougat! Now here's your host, Ralph Malbro. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by the Pelican House in Baton Rouge, 2572 City Place Court. They have 136 draft beers. You could be there right now watching LSU beat on Tulane. Yeah, suck on uh, that, Dave. Yeah, I've been watching it. They, I was really pissed in the fifth when they left the bases loaded and they stranded all three of those That's guys. That's the wave for you. But you could be at the Pelican House drinking one of 136 draft beers, the Pelican House, Baton Rouge. You should support them because they support us. All right. Before we get to the final four of the most hated Saints player ever, uh, the Saints did have a little bit of news. They re-signed Robert Meacham. Uh, I personally am not against them re-signing Robert Meacham, but Andrew, I wanted or I was hoping that they would do a little bit better in the veteran market. And after Sidney Rice signed with Seattle, it was kind of like, eh, there's not much left out there. Um, re-signing Robert Meacham, forget the, the, the whole thing of, do they need to draft a young receiver or anything? Just the move of re-signing Robert Meacham, how does that impact them, think, in 2014? I mean, I think it was an important thing to do. Um, I mean, look, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Meacham is as good as he used to be or that he necessarily was even amazing ever. Um, you know, the Meacham round was awesome and all, but... <laughs> Um, no, I, I think he, he's a role player, and I think he's a veteran. I mean, I think he's a guy that knows the system, that can come in, plug in. The Saints know what they're going to get from him, and they get him at the veteran's minimum. So um, what, what more can you ask for? He's a guy that will come in camp and compete. Um, and if you look at the playoffs, I mean, any time they were kind of in pound and ground, pound it mode uh, with um, – Kyrie Robinson or Mark Ingram, he was usually in there as the lone blocking receiver. So um, he, he's kind of – I remember as Devery Henderson kind of aged gracefully, I thought, with the Saints because um, as he got a little bit slower, um, he got – he did a better job with his hands, did a better job with his routes. He, he, he became a much better blocker. Um, and I, I kind of feel like, well, Meacham still can't catch a cold sometimes, but <laughs> – I do think he's gotten a lot better with his blocking. So he's kind of aged into his role as his skills have started to decline. So um, I don't know. It's a good player to have. But, yeah, they definitely need to draft a guy too. Dave, over under on Meacham's catches in Las Vegas is set at 34 and a half. Is that really true? No, it's not really true. Okay. 
They said at what thirty thirty three that day. Thirty four and a half. Is that because really I, because what because because the amount of things that Vegas puts is odds tremendous. Oh, it's surprising. So I'm I, I, nothing yeah, surprising. Yes, but Ralph's like hypotheticals are like the odds of Cam Jordan wearing a diaper in Week 17. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, wait, maybe it's because it, I say it, it with such authority, Andrew, and I'm a gambling addict. It is convincing. Yeah. So over under Meacham catches Dave 34 and a half. Pick the under. Yeah. Uh, definitely the under. I think Meacham's role with the Saints is going to be more, you know, as a blocker. Yeah. Not you know, or maybe clearing out uh, some space for other receivers to find uh, holes in, in the zone. But I don't really think he's going to be catching more than 30-something passes. All right. So the Saints extended uh, – they announced their, their – ex- picking up the option on cam jordan for 2015 and they're going to pay him like seven million dollars they have the same option for mark ingram but it's 5.2 million dollars and kevin uh we're going to play a game and you're going to be the first contestant on what's more what's more likely the saints pay mark ingram 5.2 million dollars or crazy shit happens so first scenario the saints pay Mark more likely to happen. Saints pay Mark Ingram $5.2 million or Edwin Edwards is elected to Congress. Edwin Edwards gets elected to Congress. <laughs> Andrew, do you agree with Kevin? Uh, well, is Edwin Edwards still in jail? No, he's out. He's out. He's, out. He's, for, right. he's, okay. he's really running for Congress, so it could it could hypothetically actually oh, he's happen. He's actually running for Congress right now? Yeah. yeah. How old is he? 80. He's got to be in his 80s, right? 83. Oh, my God. They got the guy in Texas running who's 91. Well, look, Edwin Edwards somehow uh, – somehow the, the, the only human in Louisiana that he could actually beat <laughs> at the point in time that he was running for governor – was against him and David Duke. Like somehow Klansman. that was somehow somehow that was his opponent back Klansman. then. Klansman. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so Louisiana. Uh, I remember back then I was a kid and everyone that was voting was saying, "Well, I either vote for the racist or Edwin Edwards." So I guess I'm gonna vote for Edwin Edwards. I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> um, so, anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like Edwin Edwards will. Yeah, you know, he's got money on his side. He can buy his. He can buy a seat. We know everything's for sale in politics. So yeah, I'm, I'm with I'm with Kevin. Dave, what's more likely to happen? Mark Ingram is paid 5.2 million dollars by the Saints in 2015, or Lindsay Lohan wins an Oscar. <laughs> Me? Yeah, you. Uh, I think Lindsay. Lohan winning an Oscar is probably the most likely out of all three of those scenarios, Edwin <laughs> Edwards and Mark Ingram. Uh, to be honest with you, I mean, stranger things have happened. But uh... All right, Kevin. I, I feel like a better question would have been, does Edwin Edwards live long enough to see out his term? Ooh, that's a good one. Well, he's kind of he's, – he's got like a six-month-old baby, so he's in pretty good shape apparently, at least – Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> I mean, I, I want him to win, and I'm a 
monopoly wearing monocle conservative, but I just want Edwin <laughs> Edwards to win. I just want Edwin Edwards to win because I want him to be on the press and just he's he's going he's going full Edwin Edwards now. Like he doesn't even pretend to be like kind of. He's just like, hey, I'm a crazy Cajun. Vote for me, and you know people probably will vote. I don't know. Even a I'm picturing I'm picturing Ralph as like a gilded age as like a gilded age like oil baron, like an oligarch. Like it's just like Ralph in a stovepipe top hat and a monocle, like like looking like that fucker on the cover of the New Yorker. I am. It is. That's it, great. It is me. All right. This one this one's an interesting one that I came up with. Um Kevin. Pelicans make the playoffs more likely than Mark from getting five point two million dollars. Ingram's getting his five. Ingram's getting his five point two million before that. I'll, nah. I don't. Fo- I don't follow the NBA enough. I know enough to know that the Pelicans are in the shitter right now, and and they're wasting fucking. They're wasting the eyebrow. Uh, all right, Andrew. This one's for you, and this is the final one. Uh, more likely to happen. Ingram gets five point two million dollars, or Kevin writes three columns in twenty fourteen. All right. Well, it's almost May. Yeah. So basically, he's got to go at a. Uh, 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 I mean, he's basically got one column every two months. A little bit more leeway than that. Yeah. Um. So he's basically like a, he's got to really crank it out. I mean, three <laughs> three posts in seven months. Man, I'm gonna go with Ingram, five point two million. Cocksucker. Yeah. <laughs> um. And final. Now, is this, is this when you say post? Do you mean like he can post like two sentences just to no, fill it's his quota, be like or does he actually have to do a power be, ranking? It's gotta be like at least two hundred fifty words or like four YouTube clips of wrestling. No, I'm going with Ingram. All right. <laughs> to wrap this up, what would Ingram have to do statistics-wise in 2014 to – because the Saints aren't going to pick up the option. But what would he have to do in 2014 to make $5 million from some team in 2015? What statistically would he have to do? Who's that question for? I mean, he'd have he, 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 he he'd have to have a thousand yard season. I, I, I think. I don't even yeah. think that'd be enough. I mean, no, no Sean Moreno, no Sean Moreno got what three million? Yeah. I mean, yeah, but that how was, old is no Sean Moreno? Like twenty seven, right? No, so I mean, I think Ingram's younger now. Mm, maybe by a year. Yeah. I, w- yeah. I would say he'd have to get fourteen hundred yards. Yeah, and um, be and be just a monster in the playoffs because then some team would be like, we got Mark Ingram, he had 170 yards in the NFC Championship, like because teams just don't pay running backs. I I think you'd have to do some crazy ass shit to get five million dollars from some team. Somehow, Darren McFadden got more money this off season than Noshawn Arena did. That's insane. Yeah, I could I could see I could see him getting the money if he got. Between a thousand and twelve hundred, but he scooped up a ton of goal line touchdowns. Oh yeah, and, and shit like that. Like like oh Pierre, thanks for you know thanks for doing most of the legwork here. We'll let Mark take it from here. 
And, and you know, like I could definitely see Mark Ingram getting 1,000 yards or 1,100 yards, but getting like 12 touchdowns, 13 touchdowns rushing and like, a, and like three or four more uh, receiving from, you know, inside the five. And, you know, fuck, t- 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 take, take your pick of, of jackass teams that would go ape shit over that. The Raiders, uh, the Browns. Fuck, Pittsburgh would probably ejaculate uh, mayonnaise uh, for for that. Their fan base would. All right. Bunch of facts. Um, I mean, if, if you're looking at – I mean, Noshawn is a 26-year-old running back. I'm looking at the stats right now. He's 26. Um, he liter- Ingram's 24, so there is a two-year difference. But Ingram would hit the market next year at 25. And Noshawn is coming off – a 1,000-yard rushing season, 10 touchdowns, 500 yards receiving, three more touchdowns receiving. So he's basically 1,500 yards receiving and rushing and 13 touchdowns. I mean, it, that that's like Dalton Hilliard in 89 top, top type numbers before he hit free agency, and that got him a one-year deal for $3 million. So I, I just think Ingram would have to put up Adrian Peterson-type numbers to get $5 million. So maybe 1,800 rushing and oh receiving. Oh, God. I mean, I think I think he would have to rush. I, maybe not that much, but I, I think Ingram would have to rush for at least 12 to 1,300 yards to get or, that kind of money. Or get 1,000 yards, like Kevin said, and double-digit touchdowns and do something ridiculous in a playoff game. Yeah, yeah, like run for 250 yards in a playoff game. Yeah, exactly. Or the Super Bowl, and then we'd want the Saints to pay him five million. We'd be like, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta keep Ingram. He ran for 280 in the Super Bowl. Ran for 280, dude. If he runs for 280, I'm personally flying fucking back, and I will be the first guy on the on the, to board the Mark Ingram uh, bandwagon. I will I will hold everyone off at gunpoint. So the rest of you all can come on board. Andrew, mark this down. Da- mark this down in the archives. I might have to pull it. It's earmarked. Um, all right. Yeah, there's only one thing you're gonna be pulling, and it ain't gonna be that audio file. All right. Um, is there any other Saints news? I mean, Graham isn't signed. He, they said he was gonna be signed by today, but he's not. Lies. Um, is there is there any worry about is is our is our feelings about Jimmy Graham going to get done eventually? Is it, Dave, I'll start with you and just go around the horn quick. Is there anything that's changed your opinion or have you, has you worried that Graham might play on the one year deal or it might get really contentious? No, I think I think they'll still get a long term deal done. Uh, I was hoping they would get it done before the draft, but. That 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 may not be happening now, but uh, at the end of the by the time by the start of training camp, I'm sure Graham will be playing under a long-term contract. Andrew, yeah, I agree with Dave. I mean, I think the, the date that something has to get done by is in July, so I I don't really see Mickey Loomis uh, feeling any pressure to get it done, you know, a significant amount of time before then. So um, I I think it's definitely going to be after the draft. Kevin. After the draft. All right. Um, now we'll get to the final four of the worst, most hated saint ever. Uh, and we each have a person that we're going to make the case for. So I'll start it off. And I have every Hazlitt linebacker. 
And uh, doing the research for this, it infuriated me even more, if that's possible. Because when I did it last time, I just wrote down the names real quick. But let's go through it, shall we? Cedric Hodge, second round pick, 01. James Allen, third round pick, 2002. C. Grant, third round pick, 2003. Courtney Watson, second round pick, 2004. Kobe Buckwalt, seventh round pick, 2004, who Andrew managed to mix in on the part of one of the best draft classes ever in Saints history. I think you were high. <laughs> um, and, Alfred, and he wrap it up with Alfred Fincher, third round, 2005. That's fucking six garbage truck linebackers. And Andrew, these weren't like fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. These were second and third round picks, all of them, except for one of them. Jim Hazlitt couldn't pick a fucking linebacker out of a police lineup to save his fucking life. It was the uh, it signified everything that was wrong with the Hazlitt era. Now Kevin's gonna make the the thing for Venturi later or whatever. But my God, Jim Hazlitt was a Pro Bowl linebacker and he sucked at picking linebackers. And if you throw in the ones that they signed as free agents like Orlando Ruff, it makes it worse. I'm not saying that it should be the worst. That this should be the most hated saint of all time. But I'm saying, God damn it, it should win versus Jason David, who Dave is going to make the case for next. So, Dave, you're up with Jason David. That's all That's all you got? That's all I got. I mean, fucking, it's, it, it's, it's six fucking trained. Th- they are room temperature linebackers. All six of them. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, to... to you know, I'll, I'll treat this as if we're in in, in the courtroom, and uh, <laughs> I, I mean the problem. And, and I come from a family of, of lawyers, a whole family of lawyers. So oh, you're, Jesus. you're you're in trouble. But I mean, first first we've got to address the fact that you're you practically made an argument for how bad Jim Hazlitt is. Almost as much, if not more so, than the actual linebackers. Okay, you're representing the linebackers themselves. but And they may have been bad, but isn't that really more the fault of Jim Hazlitt, who is also in our bracket? Uh, oh, no, he's not in our bracket. He got None three. of them lasted more than three years. None of them. And that's all fine, and they may all have very well sucked, but but I don't know. Oh, they, oh, they sucked. Well, they <laughs> sucked. Verily, but, and I don't verily, but I don't really know if if they the players themselves necessarily. I mean, they they bear some of the blame, of course, but I don't know if they bear all of the blame. But I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about about Jason David. Um, he was uh, he was drafted in uh, in the fourth round by the Colts in 2004, and he played for the Colts, and he was on their Super Bowl winning team when they beat the Chicago Bears in the Super Bowl in 2006. Or two, yes, 2007. Um, of course, the Saints sign him. You know, they think they're getting one of the top cornerbacks in in free agency, which in a, in a sense they were. But Jason David came from a, from a system, a defensive system in Indianapolis, where he was a cover guy, and, and he was he did very well in the cover two scheme that Dungey was running in Indianapolis. But when he came to New Orleans, they forced him to play man-to-man coverage. 
And that was basically, you know, fitting, trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. And it just, it just never worked. Um, it's, it's hard to really throw out any stats. The, the, I, I, we'll talk about the bad first. I mean, obviously, we, we, can, we just watched Jason David and we just knew he was bad. You can't necessarily point to any stats when it comes to defensive backs. Um, there aren't as many measurables, but I think the most memorable thing uh that uh, from from Jason David's time was when the football outsiders they were a young website at the time they were fairly new and they were um they were putting together the success rate of all the NFL quarterbacks for 2007 and Jason David had the worst success rate in 2007 32% um that was uh this this was like toward the end of the 2007 season. And what they found was that Jason David gave up 14.5 yards per pass when, when, when an opponent threw in his direction. Uh, they found that when a, when a team threw at a hole in the zone, they only completed 11.9 yards. So in other words, Jason David was giving up more yardage per pass than ha having a guy with no coverage in no coverage. He was worse than no coverage. If, if in other words, let Ralph, like you said last time, if you were a quarterback and you had one receiver who was wide open and a receiver who was being covered by Jason David, statistically, you had a, a better chance of gaining more yardage <laughs> throwing to the guy that Jason David was covering than the guy that's open. Okay. That, that's the only statistically, mathematically, that's the only thing I, I can tell you to put in perspective how poor he was for the Saints. Uh, that's um, good stuff. The only rebuttal I have is C. Grant. He injured himself eating a sandwich in the locker room. <laughs> that's the only rebuttal I have. All right. Have. Fair point. Fair point. Fair point. That's, that's and not and Cedric, Cedric Hodge once snorted the 30-yard line. He did. <laughs> James Allen scored the touchdown that they when they beat Tampa in 2000. And Eight, I think it was. Yeah, because the punter was in the end zone and threw the ball at his chest. Well, I mean, he still had to catch it. True. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, whoa, 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 whoa. We yeah. are not done here. We are absolutely not done here. Um, anyway, so the Saints released him August 17th, 2009. Um, this was the offseason prior to the Saints Super Bowl season. It's funny because I don't remember him being on the team all the way right up till when the Saints won the Super Bowl. I thought they, I thought they got rid of him, and then there were some other shitty years before they won the Super Bowl. But no, he was he was here fairly recently. But um, he he's never played another down in the NFL like that. Was, and he was 27 years old. He was released at 27 years old. He was still young and had plenty of time ahead of him in his playing career. And he was so bad with the Saints. He put so much garbage on tape with the Saints that he never found a job anywhere else in the NFL. Uh, his tenure here was, was, I would say, that bad. But, you know, all that being said, I, you know, he was, I think, I think Mobile Saint put it best a long time ago. He said, Jason David was a stand-up guy who never stood quite tall enough. I mean, he was a good guy. Uh, he was always nice. He was always positive. He always talked to the media in the locker room. He had to have known how he had to have felt the hatred of Saints fans for two years, like the heat of a thousand suns. He must have felt that, but he never let it get to him. 
And you got to give him credit for that. He was also pretty scrappy. He was kind of a tough guy. He returned from a broken forearm in four weeks. In four weeks, he recovered from a broken arm and was back out there playing. And, lest we forget... I wish he had stayed hurt. (laughs) Lest we we forget... uh, after he made an interception, I don't know, remember what game it was. His his celebration was the Carlton dance. We had to give him credit for that. That was pretty good. We it was all probably got the Green Bay game because he had three interceptions in that single game, and I was about ready to just like my face was going to melt like the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> um. So anyway, you know, all in all, it was it was just a terrible run for Jason David. He 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 will forever go down in history. I think as one of the most maligned. Um, players in 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 Saints history. I mean, he he was he was just absolutely hated, absolutely hated. My f- and for good reason. My final rebuttal before we vote. I'm going to give you C. Grant's total NFL career in the next five seconds. <laughs> he played in seven games in 2003. He had one tackle. That's <laughs> that's his fucking career. The Saints would have been better off writing off the third round pick as tax exemption. <laughs> so I vote wow. linebackers. Dave, go. Who do you vote for? Uh, I, I, I have to vote for Jason David, I think. All right. Kevin? Man, I tell you what, man. Jason David had a very huge lead. Uh, g- g- going going around the uh, going around the far turn into the stretch, but boy, that C Grant jab really—you <laughs> really fucking narrowed it down, man. Right. Uh, unfortunately, it it was not enough, so I'm going to say uh, Jason David wins it by uh, two and a half lengths for all Ooh. you uh, off-track betting degenerates. Dave, I mean uh, Andrew. Yeah. Um, well. It's funny. I think Hazlitt drafted Colby Bockwalt um, in, in the seventh round, and he was probably the best linebacker he ever had. By far. By far. <laughs> oh, that makes me laugh. Hey, um, hey, Andrew, fun question. Over under on career tackles for Alfred Fincher, do you think he had more than 16 total tackles in four years in the NFL or less? I'm going to guess he had 15 tackles. He did. Exactly. <laughs> he No, he had he had 16. Oh, 16. Okay, push. It was a push. Years. Oh, you tricked me. Never started a game. What about Courtney Watson? How many tackles did he have? He had a DUI. He did have a DUI. Did he have more tackles than DUI? Which is nice. <laughs> Courtney Watson... This, this these linebackers are all they're just awful. I'm so I'm so glad they made the final four. They're like a mid major that makes the final four. Yeah, it's unbelievable that James Allen and Colby Bockwalt were his best guys. It Maybe was. Derek Rogers wasn't that a free agent during that period. Courtney Watson, he had sixty six total tackles in two years with the Saints. They traded oh, wow. him to Buffalo, but he never made the team. I mean that that's that's worthy of a trip to the Pro Bowl. I mean, if you're getting that many tackles under Hazlitt. It is. Uh, so. Man, this is tough. <laughs> um, you know, I think 
first of all, Hazlitt linebackers has a little bit of an unfair advantage because they're all lumped together. They are. Um, and, and, and frankly, they were so bad that when we initially did this tournament, uh, we had about four or five of them in the tournament. We had to, we had to consolidate. Yeah, we had to consolidate. But I feel like some of these guys were so bad, they, they probably could have advanced a couple rounds. Um, but I think Jason David, he, he as a concept – I think if you look at the fan base, yeah, um, as a concept, as a concept of shit. Yeah, I mean, I think if you talk to fans about Hazlitt, you know, the the Aaron Brooks thing versus Jake DeLome, I mean, that that's really what made Hazlitt. Um, and even I would say to Bucky Jones, um, that those two things, those two items, those decisions probably get listed above um, his the linebackers he groomed as like his biggest failed experiment um but so i think based on his legacy really being the aaron brooks jake delone fiasco um i I just don't think that this his poor decisions at linebacker merit being in in the finals um jason david i mean you you bring him up to any saints fan and pretty much their blood starts to boil um so um, I think based on that, I think David as a concept is just a more worthy finalist. So I'm going to pick him too. All right. So Jason David is into the final. So now, Andrew, you get to go and you made a fantastic uh, treatise on your blog PowerPoint presentation about Ditka being a piece of shit. But now you get to say it in the on the podcast. Well, wow. I have to I have to admit I'm nervous because uh, I know the burning passion with which Kevin hates Rick Venturi. Yeah, I, I know that he's got some things up his sleeve. Um, and I, 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 I surprisingly he, surprisingly he, don't. He's a, he's on the clock. He only gets three and a half minutes. We can't have <laughs> Kevin going until ten forty five on his hatred of Rick. <laughs> Look, the bottom yeah, line. Just, I'd just be saying fuck. well personally i I think not only is ditka worthy of winning this individual round but i think ditka firmly holds a place as the champion of this whole contest um and you know i think it's it's a shame because i think when you look at ditka you look at his career he was very decorated i mean he he had been to the pro bowl he had won a super bowl as a player won a super bowl as a coach he was in the nfl hall of fame um, you know, he basically he on paper, he had kind of done all the things that would make you suspect that he, he would be successful. Um, so in three years with the Saints, um, I think the most positive thing that you can say about him uh, was his 15 and 33 record. Um, so in other words, he won 15 out of 48 games, um, and that was probably the most positive contribution um, that we got from him. Um, I, I think I sum up Ditka basically in saying that everything, every decision he made, everything he touched went to shit in three years as the head coach of the saints, there was not one decision he made through the entirety of his tenure. Um, that was a good one. Um, he, he, every single decision he made was an utter disaster. He didn't cut Sammy Knight. Can you, he didn't, well, yeah, I mean the, other than players that were already on the roster. No, he, Sammy Knight was a rookie his first. He was an undrafted free agent, yeah. right? Yeah. So, that, so he managed not to cut struck, him. So yeah, that's did, one good thing. He, he did strike gold with Sammy Knight, but <laughs> you look at you did you look at his drafts first season 1997. Uh the first round pick is Chris Naoli, um, 
utterly mediocre guard um, that, by the way, was in this tournament. Warren's mentioning that he was a top 10 pick at guard. Top 10 pick at guard. Um, his second round pick was, of course, Rob Kelly, oh. um, also in this tournament. Oh. Um, and uh, Rob Kelly, I liken him in terms of talent to, to Bucky Jones. Um, I mean, he, he was just an abomination on the field. Um, and Rob Kelly, uh, for what it's worth, was also a member of the uh, Hail Mary defense against Tim Couch that cost oh. us a buzzer beater against the Cleveland Browns. We, as Saints fans, all remember that one fondly. Yay! Yep. Um, yep. Um, in that in that same draft, he also took Jared Tomich, oh, and I have no, I have no idea how that guy didn't make it in this tournament. Um, and then later in that same draft, he goes with the Heisman Trophy winner Danny Werfel. And the Heisman Trophy finalist, Troy Davis. Oh, my. Uh, both very decorated college football players. And I think the fans were very excited to get both of them, thinking that Ditka would turn them into magic. Um, they were both complete disasters, never lived up to the success they had in college. Um, but the biggest decision that Ditka made that in year one, believe it or not, it wasn't any of those horrible decisions. It was giving a huge contract to Heath Schuler. Um, and he Schuler was so bad as a starting quarterback, he threw two touchdowns and 14 interceptions. The Saints paid him a seven year contract for almost 20 million dollars, which at the time was astronomical. And they were rewarded with two touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Um, now, did he bounce back in year two? No, he didn't. He had a toe injury, and that toe injury was apparently so bad that he retired from football. So he got a seven-year, $20 million deal. He returned the favor with two touchdowns, 14 interceptions, and a career-ending injury. So then we go to year two, <laughs> and Ditka drafts Kyle Turley in the first round. Uh, Kyle, yeah. Tur- Kyle Turley was okay, but you'll remember uh, his claim to fame with the Saints is, of course— tearing the helmet off of a Jets player and getting ejected and Mickey Loomis and him almost coming to blows in Mickey Loomis's office before he traded him and then publicly said uh, he's now the Chiefs problem or the Rams problem. Sorry. And um, that's the only time I have ever heard Mickey Loomis publicly say something bad about a player. Um, he then went on to draft Cam Cleland, who is a guy that suffered tears in each of his Achilles tendons during his career, as well as a detached retina. Um, that detached retina, by the way, was caused by Andre Royal, who was another big Ditka pickup, um, who detached his retina because he hit Cleland in the face with a bag of quarters. Um, Royal was a uh, um, was off the team before he ever played it down for the Saints. Um, and, uh, lastly in that draft, he also drafted Fred Weary also in this tournament. Oh my God. Fred Weary, uh, he, uh, is, I'm, I liken him to Jason David. You hate Jason David. You would have hated Fred Weary. Um, that season was supposed to be much improved at, at quarterback because he got Billy Joe T- Hobart, who then tore his Achilles tendon, much like Cam Cleland and, with Seedway to Billy Joe Tolliver, he managed to find the only two quarterbacks in the entire league that both had the first name Billy Joe. Yeah, apparently, he had a Billy Joe fetish. Um, he also decided to, to, to do a quarterback carousel with Kerry Collins, um, who was, was, out, fun to was aging and alcohol dependent. 
Um, <laughs> and all three of them performed poorly, and the team once again went 6-10 and 10 for the second straight season. So in 1999, his third year, he decides that um, the one missing piece to this equation, because at this point, his, his big free agent signing was Lamar Smith, who um, got in a DUI and paralyzed someone, um, and he was a disaster. So uh, the Saints decide to trade their entire draft in 1999 and a first and third round pick the following year for Ricky Williams. So he basically gave up uh, nine players for Ricky Williams, nine draft picks, including two firsts, a second, and two thirds um, for the rights to pick Ricky Williams. Um, he would then pose with Ricky Williams in a dress as if he was marrying him. And he would also pose in a picture wearing fake dreadlocks. Um, Ditka getting Ricky Williams, his crown jewel, uh, would turn in a three and 13 season. Um, the Billy Joe tandem was of course the, uh, the, the lion's share of the snaps at quarterback. Once again, um, Hobart couldn't stay healthy. Tolliver was garbage, big surprise. Um, and that season would go down in flames, but not before, uh, while being heckled by a fan, uh, Ditka on live TV would decide to grab his balls and point the middle finger at a Saints fan heckling him, uh, which would be on the news. Um, so Ditka went down in flames. And again, you can't point to any single one decision that was not a disaster. For me, Ditka is by far um, the worst hire, uh, the worst historical figure, uh, the worst era um, anything you can point to, there is no one that tops Ditka in terms of failure with the, the organization. And we're talking about a history of failure in the 60s and 70s that meant no winning seasons, no playoff games. Ditka was worse than all of that. He's like Jack McCoy on a roll in the law and order. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, Jesus. Christ, I'm ready to convict. <laughs> Jesus, it's like Mike Tyson in the mid-80s at the top of just throwing right hands, just crushing it. <laughs> right, I feel like Trevor Burbick here, man. Jesus, man. Like, I know I'm getting fucking KO'd. Um, you know, I'm the only thing it. I'll say about Ditka is the Saints were really, really fortunate that his Ricky Williams debacle didn't set them back <laughs> until like about 2005. <laughs> Seriously, they were really they were really fortunate that they got and it got corrected pretty quickly. But uh, Kevin, you hate Rick Venturi with the heat of a thousand suns. So I will yeah. let you make the case that he should defeat Mike Ditka in our semifinal. Well, well, now I'm just a simple man. Y'all see me at church every Sunday. <laughs> I'd like to think that when we all wake up, it's I put my pants on one leg at a time, just like everybody else. There are, certain, there are certain undeniable truths in this world. Sun always comes up in the morning, always uh, sets in the west. Grass is green and the sky is blue. And Rick Venturi is the worst motherfucking coach <laughs> who ever 
stepped on a sideline in the game of football. <laughs> but why are you turning into Colonel Sanders? I don't know. Jesus. I got to pizzazz it up. Juge fucking brought out guns. <laughs> now, uh... the defendant in this case, one Richard Venturi... <laughs> Bear with me now, please. No, no disrupting the courtroom. Order. Thank you. Now, the man's coaching career began as an assistant at Purdue. It was not the best. He then went to Illinois, also in the Big Ten, as a defensive backs coach. Also, did not do that well. He got his job, a head coaching job, at the University of Northwestern, the Wildcats, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) From, From 1978 to 1981, Venturi's, the Wildcats record with Venturi at the helm was one thirty-one and one. They set an NCAA Division One record of consecutive losses with thirty-four. Now, this man, something should have told him then to stop. Just stop. Just to go sell used cars, maybe. But no, our intrepid man decided I need to go and change my identity. And where can men get a new identity and start over? Why, in Canada. So he went up north and joined the Hamilton Tiger Cats as an assistant. And sure enough, they made the playoffs for the Grey Cup. And that would be enough. For Jim Ursay's father, the drunken senile fool, Ursay Sr., to say, yes, I'm running a football team. Why don't you come and help me out? So he went and joined the 1982-83 Baltimore Colts as a linebackers coach. Just one year of Rick Venturi as a, as a defensive coach. And the city couldn't stand, couldn't stand Rick Venturi in their city. So they allowed the team to move (laughs) under cover of darkness with the Mayflower trucks. Rick Venturi blamed for the Colts leaving. That's a first. I'm throwing what I have. (laughs) He was with the Indianapolis Colts from the mid-80s to the early 90s. He was named the interim head coach in 1991. And it was shit. As a head coach, I'm not even at the Saints yet. As a head coach in the NFL. Leave me, I know. (laughs) Thanks. As a head coach in the NFL, Rick Ventura has a career head coaching record of two wins and 17 losses. So after the 93 season, the Colts mercifully parted ways but Rick Venturi 
like a plague, spread. This time to the unfortunate burg of Cleveland. Oh, we never forgot about Cleveland. He, even... he was brought in as a D-backs coach and then became the D.C. in 1995. After that, the franchise ceased to be. It just upped and moved. It was like a wizard cast a spell on it. And Rick Venturi was once again without a job. But like a salmon swimming upstream. But in Rick Venturi's case, in a river of shit. <laughs> he found his way to the New Orleans Saints in 1996. You suddenly sound like Gary Oldman from that science fiction movie with Bruce Willis. I don't oh, The remember. Fifth Element is a great movie. Yeah. Continue. Well, well he's forth between that and Foghorn Leghorn. Can <laughs> I say, whoa there, boy. <laughs> Look, I'm pulling out all the stops here. And in 1996, he was a linebacker's coach and, and an interim head coach. The Saints were shit. And he was there at the end of the Mora era. Mora gets fired. Somehow, like a cockroach at the end of an atomic blast, Rick Venturi <laughs> survives. Mike Ditka comes in, and whole Mike Ditka sees something in our special trooper, Rick Venturi, and says, this is a man that needs to be an assistant head coach. <laughs> Clearly, this man just needs another opportunity to succeed. Oh, how wrong he was. So in 1997 and 98 and 99, this team was the shits. So finally, in 2000, Jim Haslett comes along and says, you know what? Mike Ditka didn't know how to use you. I'll figure it out. So there we go. He becomes the D-backs coach and an assistant head coach. Or, the, yeah, an assistant head coach. The defense, maybe because they were putting something in the water, or maybe it was because Jim Hazlitt didn't have enough time to draft enough linebackers. <laughs> the Saints actually had a top 10 defense. They allowed only 4,700 yards. However, compared to their compatriots, they gave up 305 points, and it was still enough to get to the playoffs, which is fine. So great. Maybe we've turned something around with old Rick. Maybe old Rick knows what he's doing. Maybe old Rick can help uh, right the ship with Hazlitt at his side. <laughs> Not going to happen. The Saints... Drop to the middle of the pack in defense, 16th. They give up 5,070 yards. But, and but, they give up 409 points. Oh, that's a lot of points. Fifth worst in the league. So let's go ahead to 2002. 2002, folks. The Saints on defense. Sixth worst, they give up 5,796 yards 
and 388 points. That 57.96 is sixth worst in the league. The point total, seventh worst in the league. And Rick Venturi remains gainfully employed. Rick Venturi was the D.C. from 02 to 05. Passing, passing yards given up while he's the D.C. The Saints' sixth worst in 02. They gave up over 3,800 in 2003. The passing yards given up. Please load. Thank you. The Saints' defense, the Saints' passing defense, surprises. Gives up only 2,900. But because he's still an assistant coach, the defense is still middling in the fucking pack. So you think, well, maybe it can't be this fucking worse. Maybe Rick Venturi might have finally figured out a way. Maybe Rick Venturi might be in the old bend but don't break mode of his uh, career. Might have only taken him decades in the league. <laughs> you want to guess how that turned out? <laughs> In 2004, the Saints post the worst overall defense. They surrender 6,141 yards. League worst. Point totals. They surrender 405. Fifth worst. Passing yards. Again, while he's still the D-backs coach. Give up 3,888. That's sixth worst. So then finally... Oh, I'm sorry, he's the defensive coordinator by now. So finally in 2005. <laughs> 2005, mind it's you, like, a fucking... It's like the... The natural, the natural disaster occurs. And that's not enough. Rick Venturi then has to go along and guide this fucking sad sack fucking team to middle-of-the-road defense... Middle-of-the-road passing, middle-of-the-road rushing defense, and mercifully, <laughs> mercifully, this guy is fucking fired and sent packing with Jim Hazlitt, and he follows good old Haz to the, to the St. We Louis don't care Rams. About St. Louis. We don't care about And they're fucking terrible <laughs> as well. And finally, in after 2008... He's cast adrift. Nobody's heard from him since. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Not nobody. Me. I fucking hear him. Because since I moved up here in 2008, right after he left the fucking field in St. Louis, he comes right on the radio and the motherfucking media gives this man some kind of respect. Wait, did he earn any? No! <laughs> Kevin, sum up Rick Venturi in 20 seconds why he needs to be the worst saint ever. Most hated. Most hated saint's personality ever? He survived. He survived more getting fired at the very end. He survived Mike Ditka. When they fired everybody. When they fired everybody. When Dick, look, as god awful as Mike Ditka was, he survived that. <laughs> How do you survive that? 
That's like being that's like being in a fucking Yugo. You run into an 18-wheeler and get plowed by another 18-wheeler. And Rick Venturi is the only fucking guy to walk out of that going, all right, what are we doing next? And then hop in a fucking car and drive that one off a cliff. That's Rick Venturi, folks. I want to vote if you Rick- gave If you gave Rick Venturi a fucking gun that was pointing at you, if you gave him the grip and said, shoot me, he'd find a way to turn the gun around and shoot himself. <laughs> That's Rick Venturi. If I, <sighs> I want to vote Venturi because Kevin just gave his life story and it's, tra- it's tragedy and failure. But I can't. I got to vote Ditka because ju- Andrew just killed it. So I vote yeah. uh, I vote Ditka. Uh, and I assume Andrew votes Ditka and Kevin votes Venturi. So, Dave, yes. what do you vote? Oh, I have all the power. Uh, <laughs> how long was Venturi with the Saints? He oh, was shit. Hang on, let me go back. Oh, you're unprepared. Yeah, 90, no, 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 90, 96, well. 96 to 2005. Ten oh, years. wow, that's a long time. A freaking decade. <laughs> a, a, a decade. A decade of, of <laughs> a decade of shitsolence. <laughs> this is tough. Well, what are we going to do if it's a tie? How are we going to break this We'll throw it out on the internet, I guess. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Venturi. Oh! Wow. Throw it out on the internet, and while we wait for the internet question, while we wait for somebody to respond on the internet. Dave, are you throwing it out? You got it? I'm also throwing it out on Twitter. Okay, okay. Okay. Um... This is serious. They need to take it serious stuff. Um, Make sure you let them know. First answer, you know, breaks the tie. Andrew, let them know uh, it's serious. Twitter questions. Andrew, we'll do rapid fire. Bradley, he asked, Saints blogger most likely to streak naked, naked through through Bourbon Street with Rob Ryan is Kevin Held. I think so too. I think. I think I think Kevin held in full wrestling regalia, drunk. I think that's I think I think that's that's the proper answer. That's the ticket. Um, Kevin, more likely to happen: Saints go undefeated next season, or the Stone Temple Pirates play halftime at the Super Bowl. Well, I don't know who the Stone Temple Pirates are, uh, but I think the Stone Temple. Old, that's my old band. Oh. That's a hardcore fan, Craig, in Baltimore. Yeah, that's impressive. But, uh... <laughs> wait, are you serious? Yes, my old band, we, we pirated their songs, so we were the Stone Temple Pirates. <laughs> oh, shit, I think, wait, hang on, do we have, a, do we have the broken tie? Yeah, Ditka. Uh, wow. All right, to answer the question, Kevin, and then we'll get to the final. Uh... Stone Temple Pirates playing at halftime. Yeah. Yeah. yeah baby. All right. So wow. Now- and just seconds later, one for Venturi. Fuck. No. Well, that's what happens. That's what so happens, Kev- man. First to respond. Ditka. Hey, this is sudden death, man. A Ditka field goal in the playoffs. 
Mike Dicka versus Jason David. I'll vote first. This one to me, it's not that difficult. Wow, I can't believe Jason David made it. Uh, because he he was a one seed. Jason David was a one seed. Ditka, when you lay it out like Andrew did, the destruction and horribleness that he caused is just too much to deny. I vote I vote Ditka, and he really deserves more scorn. <laughs> and I will respect him five percent less this upcoming football season. So. Thank you, Andrew. So I vote no Ditka. Dave, your vote. Yeah, I mean, Jason David only screwed the Saints for two years. And, I mean, Ditka, you know, Ditka was just a dumpster fire. So <laughs> I'm going to go with Ditka for the win. Kevin? <clears throat> I am also going to go with Mike Ditka. It's like Jason – look, Jason David is the bar with which shitty uh, play on the field will be judged. But Mike, Mike Ditka was not only a shitty coach but just managed to attract the wrong – the worst kind of attention. And with that stupid fucking Ricky Williams move, <laughs> fuck the franchise for years afterwards. I mean, it, Yeah. Just fuck the franchise for years afterwards. So, yeah, I gotta go, Ditka. I mean, the good news—the good news is, I mean, they're, they're really—they're both winners or losers, whatever you want to say. Because, I mean, here we have—I mean, these could be—they could both be winners because Jason David could be the most hated Saints player on Ditka. field, and Ditka could be just the most hated Saints, uh, you know, personnel person or or non-player. So, they're both it- losers slash winners in my mind. Andrew, are you surprised that Ditka won the whole thing? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, he wasn't a one seed, so I think when we first drafted this, um, you no, know, he was woefully underseeded. Yeah, he was woefully underseeded. So I'm a little surprised, but uh, you know, I think as we started to do research and really dive into it, and I watched old YouTube's of how he handled his press conferences. I mean, that's the other thing. You know, as bad as Jason David was and as much heat as he caught, you know, I think you respect him as a person for, you know, he took his medicine. Um, D- Ditka was the worst, man. I mean, the, the way he handled. Crotch I mean, grabbing. Yeah, I mean, it was highly entertaining. <laughs> it, it, you know, it was, it, it was funny. Um, but in terms of like class, you know, classy or, you know, did he handle it appropriately? I mean, he. It was just a dumpster fire from At top to bottom. At least he wasn't boring. I'll give him that. If you're gonna be, it was not if you're boring. gonna be fucking fifteen and thirty-three, that's the way to do it. Yep, and entertaining. At least he wasn't well, like Jacksonville, where you both, like, both both play, both both guys went down in flames with the Saints. Um, you know, the only negative I would say is that they they couldn't happen in tandem um, because they definitely deserved each other. <laughs> um, but I'll, but I'll leave with this parting thought. Um, Mike Ditka would have been so lucky to have Jason David on his roster. That's get, how bad the decisions yes. he made w- were. Jason David could have arguably, arguably been a plus in the Mike Ditka system. Well, congratulations to Mike Ditka. You are the most hated saint ever, and you will get a complimentary bag of poop sent to... The golf course, in your honor. All right. Before we get out of here, we have some really impressive rebound, I have to say, from Didka to, to sweep the finals after uh, a close one with Venturi. It was. 
Yeah. Um, so we've got some fun Twitter questions, so I want to get them rapid fire and we'll get out of here. Andrew, was Ditka as bad as Mike Smith is, and could we get Atlanta to hire him? Oh, my God, I wish. D- Ditka was so much worse than Mike Smith. So much hey, worse. Guys, I'm actually going to tweet Mike Ditka and link him to the uh, tournament. Actually, I don't think he's on this. Damn it. Never mind. Dave, are the Pacers going to – Send a letter to his house. Hey, are you guys on this <laughs> on the bracket right now on the website? I was. I just it, – it, it, it says final results, supreme champion Mike Ditka, worthy <laughs> adversary Jason David. <laughs> Wait, it does? Where does it yeah. say that? On the top, under final results, above the bracket. Dave, this is from Super Saiyan Saint. It says, should we call Matt Ryan Matt Rihanna after his owner's whining? <laughs> I like that. Uh, sure, go ahead, call him that. <laughs> that's, uh, my new, that's my new writer for Saints Nation, by the way. He's awesome. Uh, Andrew, who is that now? Who is this? Super Saiyan Saint, Brian Pavick. Cool. He's been writing for Saints Nation some. Yeah, he, he, he fires he's, a bunch of questions at us. Yeah, his. he's been fired. He's been posting some good stuff this week on Saints Nation. Andrew, <clears throat> Loomis, Peyton, and Breeze are all in the water drowning. You can only save two. Who gets left behind? <sighs> Oof. You know, I'm going to take the very unpopular decision here. And I'm going to let Breeze drown because I feel like, well, first of all, if you're a GM or a coach in terms of longevity, you, you just have a longer shelf life than, than a quarterback does, especially a 35 year old quarterback. So I think I, I let Breeze go because I, I feel like w- with Loomis and his cat magic and, and Peyton's offense, um, I, I have some faith that they could recreate some magic without Drew Brees. In fact, if they stay after Brees retires, um, I still have confidence that they could put together a winning team. So um, I know that's not a popular pick, but I would I would think I would pick Brees. Kevin, this is from Bitter. Uh, what's the worst Freudian slip you've ever had in your life? <clears throat> Come on, Kevin. This is like tailor made for you, man. This. The say here's here's the sad thing. The sad thing is, I'm sure I've got about five or six really good answers. But none are coming to you now. Right, none are coming to me. Like I've probably made so many that I just, you know, I just say, all right, well, I just put my foot in my mouth. Oh well, and try and move on. <laughs> uh. I'm sorry, I can't give you a real good answer, man. Uh, Andrew, what two current Saints players could replace the Wayne brother, the Wayne's brothers, the best in the movie White Chicks? Uh, I'm assuming they have to be white. No. 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 Well, the uh, Wayne's just, brothers aren't. That's true. Uh, I guess Kenny Stills and. Uh, I'm going to go with Mark Ingram. I would say Kenny Stills and Thomas Morstead. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Um, and Dave, this one is this one will be a wrap-up question for you. Uh, fuck, murder, kill, or what is it? Fuck, uh, fuck, marry, kill, Roddy White, Roger Goodell, Pete Carroll. 
Pete Carroll did just get a nice new contract. He did. You might want you might want to marry him. Yeah. I would have locked that down. <laughs> He's old too. He could die at any minute. He's in his sixties. But then you got to hear his truth or bullshit. Right. Oh, yeah. So Dave, that's go that's go that's to it. We'll talk. Go to it and wrap it wrap it up so we can get out of here. Do do Dave, you there? You thinking? You pondering? Is Dave even there, or is he gone? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm here. I don't. I don't know why my phone was on mute. <laughs> All right. So, um, so I would, I would marry Goodell because what? he's got. Listen up, listen up, because he's got, he's got tons of money. He does. And they I all could, do. Well, I know, but Goodell's, Goodell's got more money than all of them, though. That's a good. Yeah. And so that, and then I could, I could potentially sway him a little bit, you know, and, and, and maybe change him and maybe not make him be such a dick. Um, <laughs> I would, I would, um, I would kill Pete Carroll. I don't know why, but I would just kill Pete Carroll. <laughs> <laughs> Help the and Saints. I, and I guess that means, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't really need to kill Roddy White. He's not really not that effective against the Saints anyway. And I guess I have to have sex with Roddy White. Just oh. <laughs> he's probably a screamer. <laughs> he's probably a screamer. Is there any better way to end this podcast than that? I thought uh, you guys. Well, retweet me because I. Uh... Just tweeted to uh, ESPN's NFL Twitter feed about Mike Ditka. So there you go. So go to I'm sure they're going to do something. About Canal Street Chronicles. Dave's got the draft covered. Go to Saints Nation. Andrew's doing best Saints drafts ever. He's doing like 50 players deep. Uh, Kevin is on Twitter. And yep. <laughs> Yep, that's about it. <laughs> Love it. As am I. I, I can't and he still that. hates Rick Venturi. I wrote yes, it. Yes, I do. So uh, on that note, until next week, uh, the draft's almost here. Next week, we won't have actual football news, and we won't have the Saints' best, worst ever bracket to discuss. So Yes, we um, will. We'll have the Saints' schedule next week. Oh, yeah, we'll have that. So uh, for Dave, for Andrew, for Kevin, I'm Ralph. Uh, so long. Until next week. I still hate you, Rick. What do you want to know? Come on. Or I'm going to go in now. So if you don't... What? Doesn't matter which one runs. There'll be a quarterback that'll be named next week that'll be the starter. There's three quarterbacks in this football team. Whichever one starts, starts. Whichever ones don't, we'll back them up. Period. Cut and dry. It's nobody's concern but ours. Nobody. Next. Talk to the trainer. Next. Mike, why are you in such a bad mood? What do you care? Okay. If you were two and seven, you'd be in a bad mood, too. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.